ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, his highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody. Tuesday morning. Welcome to the Sports King Show. Alongside Ben Madeline, I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Hope you're enjoying your ride into work or whatever you're doing this morning. Your first cup of coffee with the Sports King this morning. We're going to have a complete recap of the night that was the NFL, as well as Major League Baseball. Ben working feverishly on that. It's his Atlanta Braves, guess what? He's fired up today because the Braves will be back in action, and we've got a lot to cover on the Major League Baseball side. But before we do that, we'll get to the NFL momentarily. I want to thank our sponsors, for which we can't do the program without. We want to thank the Nerve Company. Never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach their CEO, Andrew Fisher, and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. And we say good morning to Denver, Colorado at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. They do graphics, they do website design, and they do my website, sportskingradio.com. They do it all, and they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. It's our friends at CMA Colonial Honda. They continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. They have new cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door in these times if you'd like them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove and we rave about Tim. We love Tim here because one of the finest people you'll ever deal with in any walk of life. He has the best car selling team in the country. They'll make it happen for you every single time. That's our great friends at CMA's Colonial Honda. And by the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross, if you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery quickly with offices in both Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 people, of which I'm one, that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care. That's heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And don't look now, but we welcome back to the program the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. We love the Chanticleers here on the Sports King program. As you heard here earlier this week, Ben Maitland sat down with Joe Mowgli and did an incredible job, and he interviewed the chairman of TD Ameritrade. We do that here weekly, and he offers insight on life, finance, and sports on the Sports King Show. It's the Joe Mowgli Report. So let's go back to last night in the NFL. The world champs, folks, quietly. I mean, they just roll like old man river. They keep rolling along. 4-0. and 2-0 at home. And the question is, and I've asked this openly, and you can give me a call this morning if you have any thoughts counter to this. 804-327-0888 is the number. Can anybody stop this juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs? I say no. This team is as complete a football team. From a former coaching standpoint, watching them, it's a team that goes into a ball game with no weaknesses. Let's take a look as we dissect the 26-10 win. And it wasn't even close, so let's put that aside for a moment. Brian Hoyer, who literally 
Uh, how he stays in the league, I don't know, but he stays in the league. I guess he's one of those guys that do not break glass in case of emergency type of guys. You put him out there and you hope for the best, but know pretty much what you're going to get with a Brian Hoyer. It's going to be a bunch of okay. If you're a fan of the team and you have a guy like Brian Hoyer in, you hope he doesn't mess it up. You hope he keeps the train on the tracks, but you're not expecting any great shakes. And last night, there were no great shakes for the Patriots. Brian Hoyer on the night, 15 to 24, 130 yards. Let me repeat that. 15 to 24, 130 yards for 5.4 yard average. One interception, but the bugaboo, no touchdowns. So let's put that aside. Oh, the QBR rating for Brian Hoyer, an anemic 38.8 on the night. Not going to beat anybody with that type of situation going on at the quarterback spot. Meanwhile, on the other side, the guy that makes it look so easy, the most spectacular player in the league, a guy that you shake your head when you watch what he does and how he makes it look so easy, Patrick Mahomes, 19 out of 29, 236 yards, 8.1 average, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Now, when you look deep within the Kansas City offense, the numbers that stand out to me are the pressure aspects. Patrick Mahomes sacked one time for seven yards. So when you look at it in totality and you say to yourself, how do they keep winning? Why do they keep winning? Yes, we know the spectacular play of Patrick Mahomes, but he stays out of trouble. He doesn't give up negative yards. When you look at what he does from a standpoint of protecting the football and keeping things you know, continually on track, he doesn't kill himself and he doesn't kill the team offensively because he doesn't take up the big sacks. He's so proficient in what he does, he makes it look easy. Now, from a balanced standpoint, yes, he two for 236 yards, not a lot for Patrick Mahomes, but from a rushing standpoint, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the outstanding rookie who is trying to get that Rookie of the Year award, he wants to be in the contention for that, and he should be. He's a guy that's got a lot of wiggle. He can make you miss. He can run through you. He's got a lot of power as a small guy. 16 carries, 64 yards, 4 yards an average with a long of 13. As a team, they rush for 94 yards. So from a balanced perspective, you almost go 100. So if you're Andy Reid this morning and you look at your team, you say, okay, we went for 230 through the air, nearly 100 on the ground. So that's from a balanced perspective. Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid on the same page. They're getting it done there. Conversely, you go over to the New England side and you've got uh, a total of, with Jarrett Stidham coming in a little bit later, they try to clean it up a little bit. He was 5 of 13 for 60 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. He ends the night uh, totally as far as passing. They were 20 of 37, 172, one touchdown and three interceptions. You can't get it done that way and they miss Cam Newton more than you know there in New England. So we know what they have and what they don't have on the New England side. The only positive for New England was the rushing attack. They ran for 185 yards. Damian Harris, 17 carries, 100 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. That was a bright spot for them. Uh, Rex Burkhead, 11 carries, 45 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. So they did some good things on the ground with 185 yards. They really gashed Kansas City. And that's something if you're a Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator and a team, you want to look and say, you know what, let's be nitpicky. Let's find out some things in this film, in the film study that we have, 
that we can identify as things to work on. The ground game in New England gashed Kansas City at times, and I think they need to work on that to solidify them as they get into the season later and make that long playoff run. Now, I'm not saying it's anything to be an alarmist about, but I'm saying it's something you need to work on to try to shore it up. You don't want to get gashed for nearly 200 yards if you can avoid it. And, of course, Damian Harris had a great night on the ground for New England. That was their bright spot. Now you flip the script to the receiving core. Travis Kelsey, three receptions, 70 yards with a long of 45. Travis Kelsey, if not the best tight end in the league, I mean, you can say George Kittle, you can say uh, Zach Ertz, you can talk about different guys, but I'm going to go with Kelsey for me because this guy can block. Uh, He's great in pass protection, pass pro. He does that great. He blocks well. He catches everything thrown to him. He is so elusive. He's able to wiggle. I mean, you've got so many guys out there that – uh, when they run their patterns, he's able to get separation, and he's continuing to do that throughout his career, and that's the hallmark of what he does the best. Travis Kelsey, three receptions, 70 yards, but more impressive to me from a former coaching standpoint is his yards per catch, 23.3 yards per catch. I mean, the guy is money. When you need to move the chains, this is the guy you go to. Okay, and when you don't have a Travis Kelsey, let's dump it off to Tyree Kill, four receptions, 64 yards, one touchdown. Tyree Kill folks, is a matchup nightmare because just when you think you have him in space, if you give him any space in a soft zone, he gets it and goes. And if you're not near him, you're lost. You know, if you're not close, you're gone. Basically, he will get by you in a New York minute. So bottom line is you have to keep him close. Easier said than done. Sammy Watkins, another guy that's been kind of lost in the shuffle. He doesn't get all the headlines there. But this guy, four receptions, 43 yards with a long of 21, 10.8 yards. So when you look at the three guys at the top, Travis Kelsey, 23.3 yards per catch. Tyree Kill, 16 yards per catch. Sammy Watkins, 10.8 yards per catch. When you think about what they're doing offensively, no mystery. Okay, we'll keep feeding Clyde Edwards layer on the ground. We got three guys at the top that can take the top off, and they're averaging 10 yards or better. So when you do that, you move the chains. You've got all the safety valves you need. You've got an offense that's complex. You've got an offense with a lot of variations, a lot of movement, a lot of shifting, and a lot of motions. And that causes nightmares. And then you've got Patrick Mahomes. So when you just think you've got it, and you're like, okay, we're in man coverage or we're in zone coverage. We think we've got this diagnosed. The wild card is when Patrick Mahomes drops back, if he doesn't see anything he likes, what does he do? He slides out of the pocket. He picks up what he needs with his feet, slides down or gets out of bounds. He's so smart with the football in his hands. And I know this is an ongoing theme with Patrick Mahomes, but he has it down so easy right now. This is like a hand in a glove. This offense is tailor-made for him. And as I've gone on record saying, this Chiefs team, if they ran off two or three Super Bowls in a row, will not shock me because of the fact that the only thing that can stop the Chiefs right now are the Chiefs. And that means if there's a health situation or somebody falls by the wayside due to injury. But if they stay healthy and stay on track, you know, literally I see nobody stopping these guys. They are just so in tune right now. And it's a beautiful thing from a coaching standpoint to watch a team that is so together in every aspect in terms of the way they're playing football together. And they have, other than last night giving up some rushing aspects, they are a team from top to bottom that is solid as any team we've seen in recent memory. That's how talented they are in terms of what they're doing overall as a team. I'm excited to watch them every week because you just look at the different wrinkles. And Andy Reid is such a genius in what he does. 
And he brings so much to the table offensively. You just wonder. He's like a mad scientist. The stuff that he brings up night in and night out, week in and week out. I mean, he has so many different wrinkles. He hasn't touched his playbook for this year. He's holding so much back. You know that he has it. It's just a matter of he's saving so much for the playoffs and beyond. But he doesn't show everything. And that's the thing about Andy Reid. He knows how to attack, and that's to their benefit. Now, in the other game on the night, it was the Green Bay Packers 30 to 16. And uh, before we go uh, a little bit further, I do want to let you know, from a highlight standpoint, we had the Honey Badger in that game for Kansas City. One of the plays that really got him going, it was so exciting. Let's listen to, of course, Tyrone Matthew. Uh, he had a big play to seal the deal for Kansas City, and this is what it sounded like. So he took it home, and they took it home 26-10 to 10 as a honey badger. And that defensive secondary, another aspect of Kansas City that's overlooked, but they played great solid man-to-man and zone coverage. They're a team that gets it done, and they win last night impressively again as that, uh, as I said, like Old Man River, they keep rolling along. Another guy that keeps rolling along, don't look now, but the Green Bay Packers 4-0, and 2-0 at home. Aaron Rodgers last night in a duel with Matty Ice. That situation last night, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 27 to 33, 327, 9.9 yards per average, four touchdowns on the night, no interceptions with nearly 100% in terms of QBR rating. This is one of his touchdowns last night. Let's take a listen. Aaron Rodgers on fire. It's picked up. Rodgers has his man, the tight end, tied in for the touchdown. And so Aaron Rodgers last night, dissecting the Falcons. Now, here is something I want you to watch because usually when the sports king tells you, hey, it's time for somebody to exit stage left, it usually happens very quickly. Yesterday, Bill O'Brien, I'll get to that in just a moment, the coach of the Texans gone. The real estate agents for the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn, will be huddling together this morning, getting ready to put the sign in his yard, folks, because Arthur Blank... I know Arthur Blanks with his uh, ownership mentality. He's given Dan Quinn chance after chance after chance. This team is snake bit. They need new leadership. It's not working there. 0-4, 0-2 away. Yes, they stayed in some games. They had a goal line stand last night. They've done a few good things. But all in all, they're just not responding to the leadership in the coaching of Dan Quinn. Quinn could be a great coordinator. I don't think he's the head coach they need in Atlanta. So Rodgers, on his night, played tremendous football as he has. Once again, let's look at the number that I look at from a coaching standpoint on the sack front. Aaron Rodgers sacked one time for 12 yards. Patrick Mahomes, one time for seven yards. You see an ongoing theme here? If you don't give up negative yards, if you protect the football, and you're not on your backside and you're able to stand upright and do what you do, you can be very successful in the league, 27-33, 327, and four touchdowns. So let's look at the rushing attack, the balance aspect. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had 94, nearly 100, so that's a check mark there. Green Bay ended with 88, 26 carries, 88 yards. Aaron Jones led the way, 15 carries, 71 yards, 4.7 yards per average. Jamal Williams, 8 for 10, 1.3. So 88 yards on the night for them. Conversely, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, 28 to 39, 285, 7.3. 
and he sank four times for 36 yards. So you see the theme there. For Atlanta, the rushing attack went for 78 yards, leading the way Tom Gurley, the second, of course, 16 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. He tried to do his best. But when you look at the Green Bay receiving core, Robert Tanyan, six receptions, 98 yards. Jamal Williams, uh, eight receptions, 95 yards. Marquise Valdez-Scantley, four for 45, 11.3. And Aaron Jones, 8.0. Look at this beneath the surface, and you wonder why the Packers, of course, are doing so well in terms of their overall talent and play. You've got their top four guys, 16.3 yards, 11.9, 11.3, and 8. And then, of course, Darius Shepard had 10.5. So you've got guys all the way through their lineup averaging 10 yards or better. When you have guys like that that are getting the sticks, moving the chains, it's going to help you, of course, offensively do what you want to do. Last night, the Packers didn't even look like they were phased in any way, shape, or form with a 30-16 to win over the Falcons, who just uh, is night and day, folks. Let's face it, the Packers quietly have gone to 4-0. They're a team you're going to have to contend with. Aaron Rodgers is in complete sync with that coaching staff. They are doing unique things there. They finally have everybody on the same sheet of music, and it is a beautiful thing to see in terms of the way they're playing. And, of course, you've got the maestro back there, Aaron Rodgers. Love to hear from you this morning, Tuesday morning on the Sports King Show, alongside Ben Malin, 804-327-0888 is a number of the Chiefs and the Packers. And, of course, could they be on a collision course? We don't know, but they're two teams we definitely have to keep your eye on. Now, I do want to go to some other top stories in terms of the NFL, and it is official. The Texans have fired head coach Bill O'Brien. I predicted this. You know when I predicted this? When they made the guy the GM, and he had the foresight and the genius to say, I'm getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, here's the deal. Bill O'Brien may be a good coordinator. Bill O'Brien is not a good head coach to me. He's just not. He's more of an offensive coordinator. That's where I'd have him. I think that's where he's going to make his stock and trade in terms of his money and his future. He's just a guy that wanted all of the control, but then when he had it, he didn't know what to do with it. The first thing he's going to do is jettison a guy that's the only guy on your team, the biggest playmaker you have. I'm going to jettison this guy off to Arizona because there's a conflict here. He doesn't mesh with what I want. He doesn't do what I want. There's, I don't know what it is in terms of why they couldn't get along, but for some reason, the way that he carried himself didn't mesh with what O'Brien felt, so he said, I'm going to get rid of this guy. He did so at his own detriment. This cost him his job. Let's be honest about this. Uh, They fired him. He's been the general manager. He decided to make the big move and say, I'm getting rid of my best player uh, or one of my best players. Of course, you could argue Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. But when you take a guy out of your offense, the one guy that could take the top off, the one guy that could make plays, sometimes as a coach, even if you have a player that you don't identify with or get along with or don't have the same likes, You can still get along if you come to a situation where you can say, hey, we may not dance to the same music, but we can be on the same sheet of music, if you will. And in this case, instead of him putting his pettiness aside, he says, I'm just going to get rid of the guy because he doesn't kind of go along with the way I feel is kind of a renegade. Now, I believe in giving players some freedom to do what they want, obviously, but you have to have when you play on the weekend, if you do things the other days that as long as you're not getting in trouble – but you come into the facility, work hard, and we're on the same page. I want you on the team. DeAndre Hopkins is a player. 
He's a guy that can make plays continually. You know, you got some guys in the league that couldn't play dead in a Western. And I remember coaches used to tell me, Coach, that guy can't play dead in a Western. He's that bad. And then you've got guys like Hopkins that are next-level guys that can take the top off at any time. So when this happens and they lose this past Sunday to winless Minnesota, it was enough for the Texans in their ownership. O'Brien said on behalf of his family, his entire organization, he wanted to thank Bill. Uh, they went on to say they wanted to thank the organization did Bill O'Brien and his family for the impact of the franchise. Texas chairman and CEO Cal McNair said in a statement, his leadership moved our organization forward, blah, 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 blah. But it wasn't enough. So the situation is Bill O'Brien said afterwards in his press conference, it's a bottom line business. We weren't able to get it to where we needed to get it. I understand we sh- fell short in terms of taking this team further in the playoffs. No, Bill O'Brien, you fell short in trading off your best player. Stupidly, as a GM, which you were named GM, you took that position. So the situation is this. When you decide to take that position, you need to make plays. You need to get players to make the plays. Remember, it's not always the X's and O's. It is the Johnny's and Joe's. You have to have the right player, the right mix to get it done for you. O'Brien was hired by the McNair family in 2014. He spent two years at Penn State and seven seasons in Houston. O'Brien went 52 and 48. He won four division titles. And so he did some good things here, but that's when he had the players to make the plays. The Texans, who've never made an AFC championship game in franchise history, came close in January. They led, as you recall, 24 to zero in the second quarter of the divisional round. That's before someone told Patrick Mahomes to wake up and let's get going. Next thing you know, the Chiefs bounce back. Can you imagine this for a second? You're up 24 to zero. Everything is great. And you think you're going to coast and you're going to the next round easily. And then Patrick Mahomes throws 51 on the board, half a hundo, and you're down. Unbelievable. 51-31. So it's a situation that you look at, you wonder, O'Brien's a guy, will he go back to college coaching? Will he become a coordinator or maybe a college coach? He'd be an excellent college coach. I just don't see the mix here with the NFL. It doesn't seem like it's a great fit for him. I know he's liked by some players, not so much by other players, but for whatever reason, sometimes that hard-line approach where you're not open to different folks in terms of what they bring and the fact that no matter what player has and what idiosyncrasy they have, you have to get along with everybody. And for whatever reason, O'Brien has issues with players. Uh, I don't know what it is in terms of what he doesn't like or what doesn't fit his mold, but he's one of those guys that's an old school type of guy in certain ways and certain things don't fit into what he wants. And so he's like, I'd rather get rid of it than deal with it. And what you have to do is find a happy medium as a, you don't always as a coach like what your players do, but as long as you can understand there's certain things you do and certain things you don't do. And if you can work through it, it's for the betterment of the team. And the bottom line, it's a team. It's not an individual sport. It's not tennis. It's not golf. You have to have players like DeAndre Hopkins on your team if you want to win. The Texans went 500 or better with Brock Osweiler, who was 9-7, Case Keenum 2-0, Brian Hoyer 5-5, Ryan Fitzpatrick 6-6 under O'Brien, and O'Brien said he learned a great deal in his seven years in Houston. There's no doubt in my mind that I want to coach again. Well, he should coach at the college level, not so much at the NFL level. And one thing I'll give you a bit of advice, Bill O'Brien, if you're ever in position again, put your ego aside. And you keep the talent on your team because you have a personality conflict. You don't get rid of guys. You keep them. 
And that's the key to your success. you got to have the talent. And Deshaun Watson, I feel sorry for that young man because his best player, the guy he would go to, the guy that could stretch the field and he could help him score a lot of points, you didn't have that guy. And when you don't have that guy, defense are like, wait a minute, we can keep everything in front of us because they don't have anybody to take off the top like a Hopkins. So that makes it easier for a defense to stop an offense. And so the road ends for Bill O'Brien and we want you to know another note is uh, Devontae Casey from the Atlanta Falcons has suffered a severe uh, and severe Achilles injury. It looks like he'll be done for the year. That happened last night as well. So your finals, once again, KC 26, New England 10, Green Bay 30, Atlanta 16. That is your NFL rundown from last night. We're going to take a timeout and come back with Ben Maitland. We're going to talk about last night, of course, Houston in the A's and the Yankees in the Rays. We'll go through that. There are some big hits in those games last night. And we'll look ahead to today's Major League Baseball scoreboard. And these Houston asterisks, I call them, they're saying, hey, they're going to do this to – quiet the haters and something about it I just can't in any way give these guys credit based on what they've done in the past I don't know about you but we'll talk about that and much much more 804-327-0888 is the number on this Tuesday morning be back with Ben Maitland and much much more Major League Baseball coverage as the Sports King rolls on Tuesday morning Hi this is Vince Papali whose life was featured in the movie Invincible you're listening to another guy who is invincible as well the Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do. That includes volunteering to support local charities like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX valued at over $28,000 to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. Moving lives forward. It isn't just a catchy phrase. It's a firm belief. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners, just do more. Do you have a lingering foot problem that won't go away? Are you in need of relief? The Sports King has the answer to your problems. It's the podiatry centers of Dr. Paul Ross. Over 240,000 people have passed through his office, with all of them getting first-class treatment combined with world-class results. With offices in Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland, to learn more, please visit Dr. Ross's website at paulrossdpm.com and tell him the Sports King sent you. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 106.1. And we welcome you back Tuesday morning on the Sports King Show alongside my producer, Ben Maitland. The Sports King, Jamie King, joins you. And I hope you're having a great ride in today. Hope you're going to have a great day today, a Tuesday, as we steamroll. Wow, I tell you what, October... All kinds of surprises in October, especially on the baseball side. And, of course, yesterday 
it was the same old song for those Houston Astros. And I tell you, I call them the Astros because of the cheating scandal, and I still am not over it. Don't know if you are. You can give me a call if you think they deserve a break. I don't. 804-327-0888 as I bring Ben Maitland in. An exciting game yesterday early on, and then the Astros, of course, blew this one open. Uh, Jose Altuve had a two-run single in the sixth, and they never looked back. This is what it sounded like yesterday. That's to left field, and it's in for a base hit. Maldonado will score. Trying to score is Springer. He will, and the Astros take the lead. Up to second on the throw goes Altuve, who drives in a pair, and the Astros take a 6-5 lead. They took a 6-5 lead, never looked back en route to the 10-5 win over the A's. And as I bring Ben Maitland in, of course, the ball flying out there in Dodger Stadium during the day. Ben, this surprise you. Taylor gets the win. Wendell can the loss. The A's, I thought, would play better in this one. The Astros seem to be uh, playing with that big chip on their shoulder. They want to prove something. What was your take in this situation in terms of game one of the ALDS? Well, uh, good morning, Jamie, by the way. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head that Houston is playing with an enormous chip on their shoulder given everything that we know now, uh, what transpired back in the 2017 playoffs, uh, the 2018 playoffs, even up to, uh, I guess, 2019 with the cheating scandal and everything that went on with them winning a title back in 17, uh, making several trips to the postseason, and even getting back to a World Series last year where they were beaten by uh, your Nationals. They are playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're playing with some arrogance, and I think Carlos Correa is kind of public enemy number one for people. Um, you can go all the way back to spring training when he was giving an interview and, and basically told all the people to shut the bleep up, uh, you know, as far as not having the facts and everything. It's just it's such a, a bogus situation for, for those guys to carry themselves like that. Yes, they are talented. Correa is one of the more talented guys in the league. Uh, Bregman, too. I know a lot of those guys struggled at the plate this year. Uh, Jose Altuve had one of his worst years statistically ever at the plate. Uh, but those guys are still talented. I, they are talented, but they cheated. And you can't, um, <laughs> you can't throw that away. You, know, you, know, you, you just can't do it. You can't, not, um, you can't just gloss over that when you're talking about this team and what they are doing right now. That it's going to hang over them, all those guys, for the rest of their careers, no matter if they stay in Houston or go elsewhere. You know, it's something, Ben, uh, and I agree with you 100%. It's one of those things where – you want to root for teams and your favorite team, but even I think fans will say, you know, hey, we're winning, but, you know, we're going to get a deluge of people that are going to say, I hope these guys get bounced because they cheat. And that's something yeah. that Scarlet Letter C is going to be following these guys because people are not rooting for this team. And, of course, Correa to come out and say, blank all the fans out there. Uh, that don't like us, that type of thing. It's not going to endear anybody there. And so, to be honest with you, based on the fact that, fortunately, my Nationals beat them last year, I would have been very bitter coming to find out uh, what has happened in the past with the Astros. And the sad part about this, Ben, is they're so talented. As much as I'm not a big fan of Bregman and his antics or Correa, who homered twice yesterday, his antics, and a lot of the things they do as a team – you know, I like Dusty Baker. He's never done anything. He was a great Dodger, and he does his best as a manager. He's a good man. But when you look at the team, it's a hard cast to really get behind and like. You're almost like you're hoping they fall because of the fact of the way they conduct themselves. They're not a group you want to cheer for or root for. They win 10-5, to 5, but you look and you're like, uh, you know, wake up the next day with a box score, and you're hoping they lose because of the fact 
that, you know, these guys aren't endearing themselves in the court of public opinion. So you're almost pulling against them. So that's the situation there. And they win game one in this one, 1-0 as far as the lead in the ALDS, 10-5 over the Athletics. Once again, Taylor the win, Wendelkin the loss. And we want to transition to the nightcap in the ALDS game one series between the Yankees and Rays. I thought this was very competitive. I thought the Rays were going to get this one. Blake Snell against Garrett Cole. And it looked like for a while, G-Man Choi hit a home run, and it looked like things were going well for them. And the Yankees' bats, uh, I guess they're the most terrifying other than the Dodgers in Major League Baseball. When they get going, they are as good as anybody. If they get hot at the right time, they're scary. Last night, no different. Aaron Judge, hey, all rise in the fifth inning as Aaron Judge did this. Hey. Audio Aaron, doesn't play sometimes, you know. <laughs> Aaron Judge sometimes. We'll get it out to you in just a second. He actually made us rise, and the ball went, there's a long fly ball. Yankees win. <laughs> Yankees win. Anyway, John Sterling, I apologize. So that happened in the fifth inning, and we hope to get some more cuts here in a minute. But the Yankees and Rays, 9-3, to the Yankees win. Giancarlo Stanton in this one powered the Yankees to the 9-3 win as he hit a grand slam in the uh, opening game, of course, this one was a great hit at the right time. Let's revisit that again. And as I say this to Ben Maitland, and we're in the courtroom, all rise in the fifth inning. Here's Aaron Judge. For Tampa Bay, that ball's ripped Judge into left field and whistles one out of here. Aaron Judge, a frozen rope into the seats. Yankees are back on top, 4-3. Judge wasting no time and hits a missile out of here. Yeah, I think Blake Snell and, would be the first one to tell you he'd like that pitch back to Judge. I think that was a first pitch breaking ball, way too much of the plate, and Judge did what any good big league hitter would do, and that was hit it out of the ballpark. Kyle Higashioka, who was kind of turned into Garrett Cole's personal catcher being in the lineup, um, instead of Gary Sanchez catching Garrett Cole, uh, the Cole-Higashioka connection has worked out so well that he's in there now for every Garrett Cole start. He had homered, Higashioka had right before that, to tie the game at three off of Snell. And then Judge came up there and delivered that big blow to give the Yankees a lead and stayed scoreless until late in the game. And um, I know you mentioned Stanton's grand slam, Jamie. A lot of traffic on the base paths there for the uh, for the Yankees in the ninth. And then the big man, Giancarlo Stanton, who has already gone deep a handful of times in the postseason, hit the, uh, the grandest of all home runs. Curtis deals. Stanton in the air, center field, deep. On the run, Kiermaier running out of room, and she's gone! It's a grand slam! for Giancarlo Stanton. That was a big boy, Homer. Absolutely, and uh, needed for the Yankees to send a message to the Rays. The Rays are, boy, they're a talented group. We've talked ad nauseum about their talent level. They do so much right, but last night it was Yankees' big bats that did it. And the thing that Ben mentioned moments ago, the hit which was a home run in the fifth by Judge. This thing, I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say this. It didn't get 15 feet off the ground in terms of when it left his bat. This was a line drive of line drives. There was no arc on this one. He just powered and muscled this into the bleachers, and that just shows the strength of Judge. You got to keep him off balance because if you serve anything up, and you look at some of the hits last night. Of course, uh, Frazier hit one out, the high fastball. These guys feast on anything over the plate. You get them anything, and they're going to deposit it in the bleachers. And I tell you. Stanton and Giancarlo last night was just unbelievable. But one thing I liked in the postgame, uh, Marley Rivera from ESPN spoke with Giancarlo Stanton, this on ESPN, and she asked Stanton about his signature moment, meaning this was the biggest moment of his career. And basically Stanton looked at her and said afterwards, I've done nothing. I haven't done anything. See, 
the one thing about this Yankee makeup that I love this year is they're looking at this as a stepping stone to the World Series. It's World Series or bust for Yankees fans. They know that. They're used to it. But the fact that he's saying, even though I hit that monstrous, you know, grand slam home run and we win nine to three in game one, we haven't done anything, which is great to hear because that puts him in the state of mind that, hey, we're attacking. We're not going to let down. We're going to go for this. It looks like a different Yankee lineup top to bottom. So it was a big win for Garrett Cole. And Ben, as I bring you back, were you impressed with Cole? Because there were some times last night he reached back 97, 98. He hit 100 a couple times and it was really a dominant performance. Yes, he gave up the hit to G-Man Choi. And you mentioned earlier to me, I kind of laugh about this. They call G-Man Choi the, and he's the first baseman for the Rays, the Garrett Cole killer. The numbers against Garrett Cole, he doesn't want to see this guy in the lineup because he just absolutely destroys him. But I felt that Cole was in complete control most of the night, and when he had to reach back, and he had some guys on the base, bases were full a couple times, and he pulled back that 100-mile-an-hour heater and showed why he's one of the best guys as far as pitchers in the league in that $300 million contract. He came through in flying colors last night. Yeah, he wasn't. He didn't have his best stuff overall. He he would probably be the first to tell you that he battled a little bit. Uh, first, going back to the G Man Choi thing, it's incredible. He is ten for nineteen with four homers in his career, including now postseason games against Garrett Cole. Uh, if that's not ownership, I don't know what is. Uh, <laughs> you might be sent, getting a Father's Day card uh, from G Man Choi being sent to to Garrett Cole. So, um, or from Cole to G Man Choi, I should say. Um, that's. Uh, Echoes of Pedro Martinez talking about the Yankees being his daddy so many years ago. Um, Absolutely. But Choi, again, 10 for 19, four homers in his career now against Cole, including that one last night. He hit four homers in the 2020 um, – he's hit four homers in the 2020 season, and three of them are against Garrett Cole. So, you know, sometimes guys just, you know, pick it up. Um, he, uh, again, was not sharp overall, but, you know, he, he let a few balls leave the ballpark is his own self, Cole. But it's always nice when you can reach back and have 99 to 100 in your back pocket and and get out of trouble. He had uh, bases loaded, um, or actually runners at the corners, now that I think about it, when Choi came up uh, with two outs in the fifth inning. And he put Choi on intentionally, didn't want to face him. And so you load the bases. He struck out Manny Margot to end that inning, I think, on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball that was up in yes. the zone. So. Yep. Again, it's always nice when you can rear back and do that. So far, he is he's lived up to the billing. I think he allowed just a couple of runs to the Indians in Game One of the Wild Card Series, and then again was not not overall, you know, you know the Garrett Cole like crisp like you're not getting anything off of me last night, but he did enough to limit the damage. Got out of a, a few jams, leaving the bases loaded right there, and the guys were able to pick him up. And you know what, Ben, when you when you face that hundred mile an hour heater and he throws that crushing breaking ball you're sitting there you're you're almost spinning yourself in the ground because you you're so off balance and that's one of the keys to success Garrett Cole was spectacular last night in the win wasn't uh as great as Ben mentioned as he's been in the past in terms of sometimes he's unhittable but last night he knew when his spots were to amp it up and he managed it very well in the in the win I would say one note about the Yankees this is incredible uh so far three three games into the postseason run now for the Yankees they have put up 31 one runs in three games. They've scored at least nine runs in each game, uh, both against Cleveland and now against Tampa last night. That's uh, pretty impressive. Cleveland had the lowest ERA in the American League during the regular season, and they uh, the Yankees put up a ton of runs against them. And then the Rays had the second lowest ERA in the American League during the regular season, and they put up a nine spot last night in New York. So we'll see if that continues today. It'll be Tyler Glass. Now, I know we'll get to the probables here in just a second for the games today. 
Uh, but Tyler Glass now is going to have to kind of put a stop and play stopper for Tampa to, uh, to not go down 2-0 today. Yeah, in that best of five series, of course, today you can hear the crow in the distance. Uh, of course, uh, he is going to be crowing hopefully a little bit later this afternoon, 2.08. Start time for Ben Maitland's Atlanta Braves against the Marlins from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. Sandy Alcantara goes for Miami. Max Freed for Atlanta and Ben. Of course, the course truck will be dropping off some beverages for you probably a little huh. bit later. But as you get ready for this 208 start, what are you expecting from Max Freed today taking on the Marlins? Are you excited about this matchup? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I hope that they can get off on the right foot and get a game one victory today. It was important in the wild card series, certainly against uh, Cincinnati. Hopefully the game today doesn't go 13 innings with no run scored. I got a feeling that it won't. Um, you know, you play at a neutral site there in Houston uh, indoors. I feel like the hitting conditions will be will be pretty good both ways. Um, we'll see if Max can do what he did in game one against Cincinnati, and that's uh, throw up some goose eggs. You know, the, the Miami, well, on the flip side for them, they've got – some some pretty good arms that they can throw at you. Alcantara's got good stuff. Pablo Lopez goes in game two. And then you look at Sixto Sanchez goes in game three uh, for the Marlins. That's a pretty good one, two, three to run out there. I think uh, all the times that these two teams matched up during the regular season, they know each other well, playing in the same division. So there's no real secrets, I don't think, between either side. Uh, I hope Max again can go out there and look like he did against the Reds. And hopefully the Braves can scratch enough off of Alcantara and maybe get into that bullpen for Miami and get off to a good start and get game one. And what do you think in terms of keys you'll be looking for from your Atlanta attack? What do they have to do to win this series? What is your uh, biggest aspect you're looking at from this series in terms of what the Braves have to do in terms of beating and uh, defeating and moving on against these Marlins? Try to still be themselves from the regular season. They hit the ball out of the ballpark a lot, uh, drove in a lot of runs, and again, playing in Houston, the ball flew yesterday. There were a ton of homers hit between those two games in the ALDS yesterday. I wonder if that translates over to these National League series that get started today between Marlins, Braves, and Padres, Dodgers. You know, just continue to be yourselves and 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 really don't change the approach, but so much. Again, there's really no secrets between these two teams. You've seen these guys enough. You kind of know the book. Go play. Okay. And a little bit later in the afternoon, 4.37, the start of the Astros Athletics game two from Dodger Stadium. Framber Al, uh, Valdez for Houston goes against Sean Manea. I like Sean Manea in this matchup. Uh, this is 4.37 start, Oakland minus 116 over under nine. Who do you give the edge to in game two? I like Manea in this one. Yeah, I, it's hard to call. I, I really liked Oakland coming into the series. That's uh, kind of a gut punch not being able to get game one yesterday, having a lead and then seeing it escape. Uh because Oakland's pitching was really good. The bullpen was really good, was among the best in the sport this season, and it kind of leaked a little oil yesterday. I'd like to see Oakland get game two, make it a series. Uh, so we'll go with Oakland in that one. Okay, moving on to the games at night. The Yankees and Rays game two from Petco Park. I don't know why they're playing out west. That still bothers me. But anyway, Delvi Garcia goes from New York against Tyre Glasnow. Ben alluded to moments ago that Glasnow has to be the stopper in this one. I don't think they can get down to nothing to the Yankees and come back in this. Not that they couldn't, but they really need this one tonight. I think Glasnow has some really good stuff. They're excited. Kevin Cash is going to throw them out there this game 8-10. What's your take on this match? Yeah, I think last night was, again, got to play stopper. He made three starts against the Yankees this season. He went 1-1 one one with a 3.77 ERA, struck out 22 and 14 in the third innings. Um, including the postseason, he's recorded eight or more strikeouts in nine of his 12 starts. So 
I would look for him again to play stopper. Maybe the uh, the Rays can get to Debbie Garcia. He's only 21 years old. He'll be the youngest starter in Yankees postseason history, surpassing Whitey Ford. You'd have to go all the way back to the 1950 World Series. Didn't face uh, Tampa during the regular season, so I think Tampa's got to level it at one apiece, and I like their chances to do so. And going back to the Yankees lineup again, Ben, about the Yankees, and you talked about how many home runs, hitting 11 home runs in the first three playoff games, uh, that's never been done. Uh, No team has ever done that in a three-game span. So they are just absolutely on fire. Another team on fire, the nightcap, 938 San Diego Padres, who you got to love the Padres just the way they approach things. They have an undecided on their pitcher against the Dodgers, Walker Bueller. I like Bueller in this one. This is Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. I like the Dodgers, and I really have liked them all year. Your take on this one in the nightcap? This should be a fun series. I think it could go four or five. We'll see what happens. Again, nobody uh, announced yet that I can see. I know rosters are due out sometime later today for these uh, National League Division Series. Excuse me, for the Padres. Um, Bueller had dealt with a blister issue on his index finger, but that really didn't take away from uh, what he was able to do against Milwaukee. Uh, LA's kind of been you know, trying to save his usage a little bit to preserve him for future games. So he might not go very deep tonight. Um, We'll see. This should be a fun series. Again, division matchup between these two teams. We'll see if San Diego can kind of keep the uh, the good vibes going from, from coming back and winning that series against the Cardinals. And that's your Major League Baseball probables for today. It's going to be an exciting opportunity uh, today for a lot of teams as they get underway. And Ben's Braves as well as the Dodgers. going to be some excitement today all around Major League Baseball. We're going to take a timeout, come back, close it out on the Sports King Show. Big Al in the bullpen doing his warm-up pitches. He'll be with you 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock live. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Miami Heat. Do they have a chance to square it up with the Lake Show tonight in the NBA Finals? I'll tell you that and much, much more on the Tuesday edition of the Sports King. Hi, everybody. It's Joe Moglia, the former head football coach of Coastal Carolina, as well as the chairman of the board of TD Ameritrade. You're listening to my friend Jamie King on the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 106.1. Welcome back to the final minutes of the Sports King Show. Heading into Sports Phone with Big Al alongside Ben Maitland. Big Al working up a lather in the bullpen. He's going to be here momentarily to take you through the 10 o'clock hour, 8 to 10 live. Sports Phone, Big Al on the way on Sports 106.1, home to the Carolina Panthers. And I say good morning to head coach Ed Ogeron in LSU. Love to hear from Coach this morning, if you don't mind, Ben. Go Tigers! Absolutely. Tonight, the Lakers, here's the situation there. The Lake Show trying to go up 3-1. to one. The Heat in a situation where they're trying to even the series. If they even the series, we come down to a best of three. We know that. But LeBron and Jimmy Butler are quietly sniping at each other. You're looking at a situation where Anthony Davis played one of his worst games ever uh, the other night. So he's got to play better. But one of the keys for the Lakers, if you look at Danny Green from a shooting standpoint, He's had a guard, Jimmy Butler, which has taken a lot of, of his momentum and his energy. He's shooting only four of 20 from three for Danny Green, a guy that's been historically a great three-point shooter. He's just been below pedestrian. Great news for the Heat. Bam Adebayo has been upgraded from doubtful to questionable for game four because he's had that uh, injury to the neck area and upper upper uh, body area. So you're wondering if he's going to come back tonight. Uh, you know, for me, if it's the finals, if you can walk, you need to get out there and help your team out. teammates. And uh, Adebayo said, I'm trying to get back as quickly as possible. They're saying to make sure I'm safe and I'm ready to play. 
Goran Dragic, of course, uh, the outstanding guard. There's no timetable for his return after tearing the planner, uh, the planner fascia in his left foot. He needs to see Dr. Ross, of course, for that. Just kidding. He said his, uh, that he feels better, but he's still in pain. He doesn't know when he's going to return. So the situation tonight is this. Jimmy Butler is going to try to impose his will, one of the best players in all of basketball. And he had a triple-double the other night. LeBron's going to try to counter that. But it's going to be Anthony Davis. If the Heat can contain him like they did in Game 3, they can win again and even the series, make it a best of three. But the Lakers are going to come out early and really try to impose their will. I would love to see a competitive series all the way through this, but Jimmy Butler has got to be the guy. And if they can get Adebayo back on the court, it could be something that can be a difference maker for the Heat, and hopefully they can even this series. Love to see it go the distance. And uh, we will know tonight, Game 4, NBA Finals. Don't forget that. For Ben, I'm Jamie. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thank you for joining us. Facebook Live, Sports 1061. We'll see you back tomorrow for the midweek edition of the Sports King. Have a great day, everybody. Big Al's next. Friends, if you suffer from foot or ankle pain, have I got the solution for you. It's my great friend, Dr. Paul Ross of the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Ross is a world-renowned surgeon and is widely considered as one of the top podiatrists in the world. He has helped over 240,000 people during his illustrious career, and I am happy to tell you that I'm one of them. From bunions to bone spurs, for foot problems big and small, he and his outstanding staff give five-star treatment to everyone who visits his office. If you can't make it in, that's no problem. Just contact the offices of Dr. Paul Ross to schedule a one-on-one virtual meeting. Dr. Ross is a proven expert. If you're looking for an answer to your foot and ankle problems, look no further than the best in the field and reach out today to Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. In Springfield, Virginia, the number is 571-267-1936. In Bethesda, Maryland, the number 301-660-8225. Call today and tell them the Sports King sent you. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do as a team. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community, like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. All the money they have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But they need your help continuing to spread the message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Head to CMA's Colonial Honda today and ask how you can help. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From everyone at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more.